Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, uh, entrepreneurs, industry decision makers. They in turn deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. Appearing on the show today is the Director of Marketing and Public Relations for Golden Cross Caribbean Bakery and Grill which has over 120 stores in nine states. Stephen Clark, the Senior Vice President of Original Programming and Production for TV One. D'Angelo Steed, D'Angelo, excuse me, Steed, the CEO of FM Talent, which currently employs nearly 200 employees working in 12 states across the country. Don Hendricks, and former Atlanta Falcons running back, who is now the owner of Duckett Brothers, distributing and the printing king. Todd Jeffrey Duckett, or I like to call him T.J. Duckett from Michigan State. Let's get it rolling because everybody needs to know about my show. I, I talk to the millennials, let them know that, hey, come to us. We're, we're the voice. I'm your uncle, 18 to 34. I'm your uncle. Come to me. I talk to you. Doing it right on those HBCU campuses and campuses campuses nationwide. And also, if you're here to understand about leadership, about motivation, why you should be successful, that's why you listen to Money Making Conversation. But more importantly is the guests that I bring on the show because I get them uh, through my interview to share the, success, the secrets of their success. My next guest was appointed Director of Marketing and Public Relations in May of 2017, but he's been with the company a lot longer than that. At the Golden Cross Caribbean Bakery and Grill, which I didn't know they had restaurants. I used to just go to the grocery store and just get my, my patties, but now I know better because they have over 120 stores in nine states. They recently opened two brand new, brand new locations in Houston, Texas, my hometown, 
and this past week in Atlanta, Georgia, my new hometown. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Stephen Clark. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you oh, for having me, Rashawn. Oh, I got the accent working. Come on, Jamaican. Come you know, on. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. It, you can't escape the roots. <laughs> and that, that's what I love. I went by um, one of your openings of Marietta. Yeah. Beautiful store, 3,000 square feet. Huge. Over there by Walmart. Yep. I, I went over there and went. I, we sat down. We was having some some great food. I had my uh, festival. Well, I got my dumplings. Right. I had my. Uh, I had me some oxtails. A very nice plate. Yes. You know, you know, uh, peas and rice. Yeah. Had the oxtail gravy Steam on top cabbage, of the rice. Plantains. Come on now. And we, and we was having fun just talking about your brand. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the brand that um, I have to admit that I've been um, my my staff uh, knew about the restaurant location. I didn't, which right. is really crazy. I, I agree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, because, because you know, because I've lived in New York, right, and then I'm uh, living in Atlanta, right, and then uh, now you have locations in Houston. Mm-hmm. So it's three major cities that I've been living in my, a major portion of my years in, and I just thought you just would go to Kroger's, get those patties, and go home. Now you can get the full menu. Tell us about that. I mean, I don't know how you were getting around New York. <laughs> I don't know what your means of transportation were because it's very hard to miss a GK in New York. We have. 71 stores in new york seriously yeah um so the heavy concentration is there so you must have been in albany or something but <laughs> no 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 manhattan straight okay. manhattan man yeah yeah we have, uh, we have you a know, store on 14th going to brooklyn i uh, go up to uh you know go up to you know of course harlem right all those locations where i really enjoyed my experience i lived in, in new york for from 2005 2007 right so i lived there in a prominent part of your growth period right right we have uh not only in kroger but we're also in Dollar Tree nationwide. Right. Mm-hmm. So it gives everybody an opportunity to taste this patty that has taken us so far. Yeah, there's like the nine, the 10, what is it, 10 states, uh, New York, New states. Jersey, yeah. Connecticut, Texas, Georgia, Florida, Maryland, North Carolina, Philadelphia uh, area, mm-hmm. and Massachusetts. Correct. And you say 23,000 retail outlets, like you said, mm-hmm. dollar stores, supermarket, club stores. Canada next. Canada well, yeah. let's let's get, let's stay with America first before right. we start before you start doing your Chick Fil A thing. You All know, right. just, just right. expand right. the Chick Fil A of Jamaican food here. So so let's talk about the roots. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I love when we, in my conversation you said we're authentic Jamaican. Hundred percent. Tell us about that. I mean, we've been doing this for thirty years. Next mm-hmm. year we'll be um, thirty years in business. So yes, sir. I, I have to congratulate my family on that. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents started baking bread and buns mm-hmm. in 1949. Right. Um, and then my uncle, you know, rest in peace, Lowell yes, Hawthorne, the great mm-hmm. legend, um, took the idea in 1989. I was like, you know what? We can sell more than bread, mm-hmm. and we can sell food. Right. And we want to give people the experience, and we want to take the taste of the Caribbean to the world. And that's what you've been doing. That's now, what we're now, here to do. And how did you come on board with the company? I know it's a family operation, but just because <clears> you're family <throat> don't mean you just get an automatic right, admission right, right. ticket. <clears throat> Before this, I was, you know, I had a job like everybody else. Absolutely. Went to St. John's and um, I did some project management work. And you and pledged where you said St. John's. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring yeah. 04, Alpha Phi, Alpha Theta, okay. Epsilon okay. chapter. Okay. Proudly. Um, <laughs> but my dad. I'm making sci fi, you know, proudly. What? Yeah. <laughs> 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 My father, oh, my father had three stores. Yes, sir. So when college was over, I would go work at the stores. Mm-hmm. I was, I can't, I don't know if it's okay to say I was 13, 14, managing the shop. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is that's legal or not. Don't quote me, <laughs> but it gave me good business experience. Yes, sir. And and and, and it's very hard to get good staff. Mm-hmm. So my parents, they trusted me with the business. Right. right. Um, we had a store in Yonkers. Right. We had a store in 
Poughkeepsie, mm-hmm. and um, we had a store in East Tremont in the Bronx. Awesome. Um, so that's how I got my feet wet initially at a young age. But even before that, when it was Easter time, mm-hmm. I would come up here and work at the bakery to get my you know extra pocket money and then go to Jamaica for the summer. Awesome, awesome. And so the, so the whole experience, so as a person looks at how you start a business, mm-hmm. okay, but you just have a natural, first of all, when we were meeting yesterday, I just kept talking, seeing that every, while you was talking, you were smiling. Oh, yeah. There's a certain passion about what you do, and a lot of people miss that passion when they start businesses right. or, like I said, they get engaged in the business, but this is what you love. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you can work with family and have it not feel like work either. Mm-hmm. So, like, yesterday when you and I, I can safely say we were hanging out. It yes. didn't feel like I was working. Right. We were laughing. We have good food. Mm-hmm. I think you enjoy the pineapple ginger drink Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Um, recommended by you. Highly recommended. <laughs> um, so we also have our natural juices as well. That's in the stores. Mm-hmm. But it's very special to be able to do it and not feel like it's a, a task or feel like Mm-hmm. A chore mm-hmm. or a burden. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. it's stressful because mm-hmm. you know it's, it's, it's a lot on our plate. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Right. Um, but it, you, you're driven every day because the family and the legacy, and you know you have to push not only your business but you're pushing a culture. And when you're passionate, we're passionate about Jamaica. Okay, so when I walked into the store, you know, right. you know Bob Marley playing. Of course. You know, I, 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 the food, everything. It's a very bright store. Mm-hmm. It was a very, a very um, authentic experience. Appreciate that, that I got, as well as the quality of the food. Just everything was very clean, very, very, very professional. Right. And now I was talking about, well, how do you choose your locations? Like that was, I thought, was an ideal location it's between Sam's and Walmart. You just uh, immediately. Right. Foot traffic and visual traffic right there. Do y'all, is that a strategic move on your part to pl- where you place your stores? We often find ourselves near places where you have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And my cousin Omar, mm-hmm. which is the director of um, franchise development mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my operations team, mm-hmm. they scout. We have invested heavy amounts of money in data to make sure that when we go, there's no half-stepping. Right. It's the right move. Right, right. We have strong footing. Mm-hmm. And when we go in there, it's, we, we don't really miss mm-hmm. often. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of research into it. Um, as I said, we have 121 stores now um, since 1989. So we, we we know where we're going. And when you're ready to open yours, I'm sure you'll be in the right spot. Well, yeah, but, but we're going to talk about franchising in right. the next break. But also, we're gonna, <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to make sure I just want to introduce people to your brand initially mm-hmm. in this break about the bigness of it. Uh, and people like me that go to grocery stores, you know. And the fact that I enjoyed so much, I didn't even know it. That's a, and I have to say, certain uh, uh, ignorance on my part that I wasn't aware. And I've lived in these cities, so so now I'm excited because I can not only get my, not saying they weren't fresh in the store, but I can right. go there and get it for real fresh, right, 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 at, right. The, at the at the restaurant locations, and also get the, uh, you know, get give me some additional. Oxtails, give mm-hmm. me some desserts, mm-hmm. carrot cake up in that joint, some fried chicken. But we're gonna, I don't want to get anybody hungry. We're gonna go right, to that right, menu. Right, I told right, you on right. this show, I'm gonna break down that menu. I'm here. Because I, I, my experience, like I told you, uh, been to Jamaica many times. Uh, mm-hmm. in my early comedic, comedy, stand up comedy career, I used to go to Jamaica all the time because I used to perform on cruise ships. I used to go to Jamaica about 20 times a year. So I was very familiar. I'm very familiar <laughs> with the food. Yeah. And 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 so and I and I, over in the states, I've been I've been uh, annoyed because I couldn't find festivals, which is one of my favorites. I, a lot of a lot of Jamaican restaurants or serve Jamaican food don't do uh, jerk pork, which is one of my favorites. The food. Yeah, man. That's what you're selling. You're selling food and customer service. Right. And 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 a Caribbean experience. 
to break that down to us because we we this all this break is all about the food, right. the experience, right. and also the expansion. Right. And more importantly, the community involvement, which I found out yesterday is way important to the brand of a Golden Crust. Yeah. Let's start with the food. Food. Um, so trust the crust is what we're saying. Trust the crust. That's the, that's the slogan. If anybody asks you, just trust the crust because we've been doing it for mm-hmm. 30 years. 30 years. There's no accident. Uh, we have our formulas. We have our <laughs> ingredients. We have our seasonings. Uh, so every Golden Crust store that you go to, you will get the same beef patty. You'll get the same chicken patty. Some people don't know we have nine different varieties. Yes, sir. So you have some other restaurants. Because I might. ate shrimp yesterday. I didn't. I've never eaten a shrimp patty in my life. Just tell you, it was like I, I was. I was like a kid in the candy store. <laughs> we have shrimp. We have veg. We have spinach. We have cheesy <laughs> beef. We got jerk chicken. We got regular chicken. We have a spicy beef. We have a mild beef for those who are you know a little bit less adventurous. Spicy I, mine. I recommend the spicy. Stay just with the just spicy. Just do it. Just do it. Um, <laughs> As Jamaicans, we can tell you that Scotch bonnet pepper is the best pepper. Yes, sir. Um, and that's what we use in our patties from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, the ingredients, the thyme, all the seasonings we mm-hmm. get from home. Mm-hmm. So it's not a knockoff business. Mm-hmm. This is as authentic as it could be. Mm-hmm. And we keep it that way because we are carrying the flag for the food of brand Jamaica in America. We are the largest Caribbean franchise. Absolutely. And um, we, we hone ourselves and we pride ourselves on delivering a convenient Caribbean experience, because if it's not convenient, nobody wants it. Absolutely. So, right. like I said, uh, some of the things that people maybe the, please explain to everybody about what what exactly is a festival. That's what I'm so excited. Why is Rashad McDonald so excited? About? They have dumplings, which I which I took home with me yesterday, right? And then they have festivals, which is which I've been like trying to find. They give you cocoa bread, of course, when you go to, for the Caribbean experience. But the festival is the true experience, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Festival is like uh, a fried dumpling. On steroids, (laughs) right? Um, It's a little bit more sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, The cook is a little bit different. Uh The bite is a little Uh bit different, and it's narrow. So in general, it's a sweet version of of a fried dumpling, for those who haven't had it. Um, And it goes well with the jerk pork, as you can tell. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Big for breakfast. So for those people who want breakfast, we are open early. We sell Jamaican breakfast, Akian saltfish, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kalaloo. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you don't want... Those things you can get like a soup or a porridge. Absolutely, like the absolutely. menu is, is, and fried is so chicken. expensive. You got fried chicken over yes, there. Yes, we do have our fried chicken. So I really, I, I really <laughs> want to thank you for taking the time to come in. Pleasure just having to, me. You know, me. our relationship's real. real. So this is not the first time, and uh, Won't be the I've last been educated. Time. Mm-hmm. I am a fan mm-hmm. of the food, and that I'm telling you something. Microwaving that patty, man. Don't heat it up. Just throw it in that microwave. It's still fresh. Real the deal. bread doesn't. The crust does not get tough. Trust the crust. I love me some golden crust. <laughs> I love the it spicy. Too, get the spicy though. The spicy beef patty, my man. Thank you again, Stephen Clark. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, man. Keep Appreciate living. You. I will be coming. Tell Denise I'm coming out there today to get those festivals. Denise, Rashawn is coming. <laughs> you heard the man. <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank we'll you be for back with me. more. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, my friend. More money making conversation. Come on back. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, 
The universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money making conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Wow. They keep coming in. They keep rolling into... We, we, we get live studio guests on a regular basis now. i got a fantastic one sitting right next to me. Um, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm the host of Money Making Conversations. My next guest is a, took a leap of faith. I took this out, embellished it, took a leap of faith, and it paid off. She's the CEO of FM Talent Source, LLC, a strategic business solutions enterprise, just 14 years ago. Uh, She co-founded FM Talent with uh, Mr. Franklin uh, in 2004. Cool. Uh, The company started as a staffing firm, and today is a $15 million enterprise. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, uh, Don Hendricks. Thank you for having me. A great uh, done, um, DC area. DC. Tell us about the location that you're in. Then we're going to just expound from there. Okay. So we are um, in the downtown Silver Spring area. We're headquartered and located there, but our services span across the United States. Right. So twelve we're states, a, right? Twelve states. Almost two hundred employees. That's right. Cool. That's right. So now, now, what exactly is FM Talent? What exactly is that? So FM Talent Source is a professional services firm that provides services in two very distinct service lines. So we provide management consulting services. Essentially, that's um, if a client has a solution that they need, whether that be uh, they're implementing a uh, financial financial ERP system or they need audit readiness services. So our team will come in and provide end-to-end solutions and services in that regard for them. We manage those services ourselves. The other business line that we provide services in is really on the staffing and recruiting side. Okay. And so this could be more staff augmentation okay. or this could be recruitment if they uh, need resources to build out their teams. Okay, so so how does one, okay, because uh, reading your bio, you a single mom at the time, mm-hmm. um, enjoying what you were doing, yes. but not fulfilled. Right. That's key. That's why I created this show, to let people know that just because you're doing something doesn't mean that you have to do it. Right. And then you use the term leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people use that term a lot, just jump out there. But it had to be something tied to that. What, what got you motivated to do the leap of faith? So it was a couple of things. Um, I was in a, a Fortune 500 company mm-hmm. and providing my day-to-day services mm-hmm. and having issues finding uh, quality vendors to provide mm-hmm. similar services you know, that I was actually doing for the firm. Mm-hmm. So I saw that there was a major ap- opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to expound this and kind of take it on the road and kind of mm-hmm. do this for other mm-hmm. organizations. The other thing is that in my capacity, in dealing with actual candidates, I didn't have the opportunity to really mentor or okay. guide or okay. provide, okay. you know, additional help and support. And so oftentimes you'll see people that are very capable, right. quality, qualified people, right. but just need a little polishing, a little support, a right. little guidance. And so I was like, you know, if I did this on my own, mm-hmm. 
I want to be able to guide and mentor people and help them and empower them in their careers. Mm -hmm. And if other organizations are having the type, same types of problems that this company is having, mm -hmm. then this is happening really widespread. So that was kind of the thing that was the catalyst. The catalyst, right. For, you, saw, you saw a need. Yeah. And then your job was to figure out. And so you you sat down with Mr. Franklin. Mm -hmm. Okay, how did that relate? Is it was that something a person you knew before? Yes. How did that How did that come about? We're just talking about the evolution yep. of FM talent. Yep. Right now. So we both uh, worked in the same company, right. doing the same type of things. Right. We had a very huge portfolio of clients within our organization. So right. we would just go out to lunch and talk about the challenges and issues that we saw. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of the brainstorming and kind of the light bulbs going off like, you know what, we really could do this. Right, 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 right. And mm -hmm. could do this in a really profound way. So mm -hmm. that that's what happened. That happened in a big way because of the fact that. So I just want to slow this down a little mm -hmm. bit because I heard a lot of planning because mm -hmm. I want to make sure people when they hear the word leap of faith, that wasn't just you just going out there just. Right said a good prayer and you rolled out there you know <laughs> yeah. the business plan was in place Absolutely. if you can kind of like get in a little detail about that sure. because a lot because a lot of people my job is to motivate people right. my job is to give them the option to be successful in life and i do hear that term a lot a leap of faith mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that and i don't want to i don't want to gloss over that you know in 2004 you took a leap of faith and then 14 years later 15 million dollar enterprise right. it doesn't work like no, that no it does not so just a little bit more detail on that leap what happened to make that leap happen? Absolutely. So we did exactly what you described. We uh, created a business plan and mm -hmm. a business model to figure out how we would actually provide the services and solutions. Mm -hmm. um, the thing for me at that particular time is that I was a single mom mm -hmm. making six figures in my job, mm -hmm. you know, with a kid in private school. Right. And so, uh, um, health insurance, all that all, good stuff, all vacation that stuff, days. I had to figure out okay, can I really do this? Looking at my bank account, does this really make sense? So, it, it, it evolved oh, over it. time. It took about a year and a half there for me you go. really to determine that this was something that I was able to do. And in that time frame, I was working with a, uh, an executive coach. Yes, ma'am. And so her role really was to help me kind of think through things that. Uh, would give me a full-on holistic approach to how we could actually make this work in a practical way. Mm -hmm. So did I have the savings ready? Did I actually have a solid business plan? Right. What were my contingencies? Right. Who was the client? Right. How you know? So the full gamut around how we were going to provide this service and actually it be sustainable. Mm -hmm. So not this you know thing that we're going to do a year and then next year I'm going back into corporate. Right. The, the B well, plan was not to go back. That's right. It was A plan only. That's it. Oh, good. That's it. So yeah. So after about a year and a half. You know, I felt like I had done all of my due diligence. I had, you know, saved up. I mm -hmm. uh, and I was ready. So, yeah. and and I have to be honest, we were kind of working it on the side. Absolutely, man. I always tell people you can get a better job <laughs> while you're working. That's right. Okay. That's right. So we were working it on the side. Mm -hmm. We were getting some clients mm -hmm. in place, mm -hmm. and you know, kind of testing out our service. Right. And expanding it. Right. And so well, Don, I want you to be honest because there's nothing negative about it. You know, I would tell you, that's what I call the secret of success. Mm -hmm. Because when you're saying, you know, you had a plan, but you had a good job. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would tell people there's 24 hours in a day. Learn to use each hour. That's right. And a lot of people don't understand that. And that's what you're saying. You're saying, Rashawn, I did my regular job. I still was a single mom. Mm -hmm. I still had to be responsible at home. But also, while we were doing this, I carved out more time mm -hmm. for my for my dream, That's right. for my passion. 
Now, what was the fear? There was a fear in this change. Like you talked about the salary. You talked about will you be able to meet the needs. You were not going to come back. Right. You know, it wasn't going to be a one-year a one year wonder mm-hmm. or, or let me go see, but I always got a good resume. I can go back. <laughs> so you were all in. That's right. Where was Mr. Franklin at, your, your partner yep. at in this point? Yeah, so, I mean, we were both facing the same challenge (laughs) the same fear you know he had a baby that you know he just had a new newborn Mm -hmm. and so you know both of us and that that fear was all right you know we've got families we've got people relying relying on you right so i mean his his wife you know was Mm -hmm. a stay-at-home mom right Mm -hmm. and you know of course me i'm the only mom uh, right So Bob, dad, everything. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we had to figure out, we had to make sure that what we were doing mm-hmm. was going to work and mm-hmm. was going to last. So that was the real leap of faith. And mm-hmm. so that's why the due diligence and the planning and right. Right. all of that right. ahead right. of time right. 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 is so critical mm-hmm. and making sure that you've got your client base established. Right. And we were very fortunate, I mean, because once we decided to leave, uh, the company that we had come from was going through a major crisis. Oh, okay. And they needed uh, a good number of resources um, to help them through that crisis. And because our reputation was so solid, mm-hmm. they brought us back on as consultants. And so we were able to bring on a team of consultants. From, from your company. From our company. So, so your first big break was the company you left. That's right. Girl, come on. That was the big break. And so we were able to put about 25, 30 people mm-hmm. on that project. and that, Resume builder. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so the thing about that is, you know, our relationship with that firm uh-huh. allow us to take that and, and uh, market that to other companies. And so just the name recognition of mm-hmm. where we had come from and what we were doing there mm-hmm. gave people confidence mm-hmm. that we could actually provide services and solutions to them. So then we got more big, big name companies that we were uh, able to provide these same services to. It was a great run, mm-hmm. a great run. And then we had the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. The 2008 period. That's right. So how did you come up? How did you? Because that, that's the part that, you know, we all plan for the celebration. Right. How do you get past the low? That's that's the valley part. So oh, you, can, you can see everything with the top of the mountain. That valley part, you look it up, you can't see anything. That's right. How about that? Because, you know, that was, it hit everybody. Mm-hmm. It, it, it made me a weary of the stock market that yeah. period. I was, I was meeting with my account, my, my stock broker the other day. So she said, well, that little period right there, I didn't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And I stopped investing. Yeah. And so people stopped investing in jobs. So you have a staffing company. That's your goal. How do you get past that period? Well, that's right. So um, all of my clients on the corporate side, they were not um, receptive. <laughs> they were like, okay, we're going to roll all these people off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, I think for us, uh, we were really fortunate that, you know, in the high times, we were saving our money. But see, I, I got to stop you. You use a, a fortunate, you, but you were thinking, you yes. know, you, you you thought ahead, you are a planner. And that's why I keep, I, I don't want you to undermine or act like what you're doing is a, 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 a leap of faith, a luck. You know, no, no, no. You knew that when you do a business, you should keep six months mm-hmm. of revenue in the account Absolutely. so you can run your business. Absolutely. Those are the principles to a successful business. So when you hit these bumps, you know, running around, you know, worrying about how many slices of bread you're going to eat, you know, <laughs> right. or how much gas. I'm going to do a half a can to fill up on this one. You know, and then we just kind of like drive with no air on. Right. And so I just want to say thank you for coming on my show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, that I just wanted a, your story to be told. I wanted to take time and tell your story. I want to tell you you're, you're unique. 
You're a very powerful individual, and um, just keep winning. Really, really keep winning. Thank you. Tell us about how we can get in touch with you as we go out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you can find us on social media at FM Talent Source. Mm-hmm. Um, our uh, adri- our email, our website <laughs> is <laughs> our website is www.fmtalent.com, mm-hmm. and uh, we're on all platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. So we are everywhere. Thank you. We'll be right, right back with more money making conversation. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money-making conversation with somebody that make money. (laughs) Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000-plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. I get celebrities, I get CEOs, I get industry decision makers and entrepreneurs on this show to let you know and let them tell you the secrets of success through motivation, business planning, and also the balance, how you balance your life, how you get that together. My next guest, um, I've always talked to her via email, and I had the good fortune of sitting next to her on a panel, and I and she motivated me. We all talk about how she motivated me to do more. Uh, my next, my she, we have a new show. She's on, uh, she's TV One. Uh, I created, and I am an executive producer. And it's called uh, Evidence of Innocence, and it'll be premiering on TV One June 4th. We examine the lives of people who have been wrongfully put in prison for decades and now who are free. It will be hosted by civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump. My next guest is the senior vice president of original programming and production at TV One. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, D'Angela Steed. Hello. Good you morning. Doing? How you doing? Good morning. Good, good. Uh, you know, I... My first impression, we're on a panel because uh, well, I was invited mm-hmm. out there. Um, it was another show that we were, that, that was airing on uh, TV one at the time. And when I was sitting next to you, I got to hear your point of view about television and about ratings. How important if you, right. you know, it, it, that's the game. You know, you you can you can you 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 can put together a show. You can get a cast. You can get all the stars. Like our show, we have you know attorney Benjamin Crump. If he doesn't deliver the numbers. There's only one recourse, and I, when I was listening to, you, tell everybody about that whole process and why, why you know, you, a lot of people can like a show, but if nobody's watching the show, it doesn't matter. Right, um, that's absolutely right. So, in the cable television uh, revenue model, uh, we <laughs> earn. <laughs> it's all about money, right? Mm-hmm. In the revenue model, we earn um, our revenue in two different distinct streams right now. Mm-hmm. And one is our affiliate agreements with the cable companies, and that's how much the cable companies pay us per subscriber. Mm-hmm. That's one revenue stream, which is decreasing every day because people are um, cord cutting. Um, that means they're cutting off their cable. They're right. cord shaving, which means they're cutting down their cable packages. Or they're cord nevers, who people who've never had cable. Like my son will probably 
never have cable television. As is so my daughter. Because of, right. So because of that dynamic and the way media consumption has, has changed, um, um, that revenue stream is increasingly getting smaller. Right. Um, right. And the other revenue stream um, is through advertising. Advertisers. Advertisers uh, pay based upon the impressions that a program is predicted to give them. So they'll come in, you know, typically at the onset and say, okay, I'm going to pay X number of dollars and I'm expecting these number of impressions um, by the people that watch your program. Mm -hmm. And then if you, if they don't watch, if they don't come and they don't deliver, then we have to return that money. Wow. Um, So the issue is, is, yeah, you're in the hole. It becomes a debt. Mm -hmm. So the issue is that if people do not subscribe to cable in the in the um, cable television business model, they don't sub- subscribe to cable if they no longer get the packages that a TV one is on, and if they don't watch once the the um, programs that they like are on, and they need to watch them within the first three days. So you can watch them and you can um, DVR it, but you need to watch it within the first three days because you we do get credit for the the DVR, but only in the first three days. So okay. if you don't watch your favorite programs, then we don't make the revenue that we need to, in turn, invest in more programming. So that's important for people to know that DVR, if they DVR, they need to watch that mm-hmm. within their three-day window. Not next week, not next month. No. They need to watch it within three days. And that's Some good. networks are, are able to sell up to seven days. Like you can watch it in the first seven days. Right. But for the most part, it's the first three days. Because that's important because I know a lot of fans of TV One probably feel that, okay, I got you. I'm just going to DVR it. Uh, and, and never, ever. Exactly. And never, ever watch, and never it, watch ne- it. Never watch it. Never give doesn't it. Count. Never, doesn't count. And that's important. That's why I wanted to bring um, you on the show, just to break down the little things that, you know, as African-Americans trying to support an African-American brand or people who just want to support the brand in general and can be general mm-hmm. market viewers. It's important that they understand that there's a plan to success and it all comes down to money. And it also comes down to the fact that you operating on this multi-level platform now. Now, yeah, for sure. And so, explain to people what that exactly is, because you kind of mentioned a little bit. You know, you were talking about video on demand. You kind of mentioned it with DVRs. That all accumulates to the rating process now, doesn't it? Well, it depends on the sophistication of the cable network and the evolution of the technology that the cable network has. But right. for the most part. You need to DVR it and watch it during the DVR window. Right. Um, there are some networks. Richard, 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 I got you there, brother. But if you go DVR three days, okay, you got three days. Get that clear now. Right. Yes. Now, but if you – some networks are um, have created deals with Netflix and mm-hmm. Amazon and mm-hmm. Hulu, and you can watch those. That's gravy. But the for the and it, and it's and it's typically not um, for a smaller network. And if mm-hmm. the show isn't hugely successful on mm-hmm. the network, mm-hmm. that's that's a small amount of revenue that comes later. Right. The key is the, is the first three days. Right. Okay. Cool. So I bring a show like um, Evidence of Innocence to TV One. I pitch mm-hmm. it. Um, you guys like it. Why do you pick up a show or consider producing a show like? evidence of innocence it's a you have shows of that similar format on your network what what excited you guys about evidence of innocence well you know so the way i've uh i program is more from a holistic um standpoint right Mm -hmm. and so we have um a true crime and justice block of programming on monday night Mm 
Mm-hmm. And it's always uh, the more successful shows are the uh, women in peril mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, relationships, the salacious, you know, shows where, you know, it's almost like watching a movie and you're and you're getting into the inner workings right. of the person that mm-hmm. give, either did the crime. Mm-hmm. But it's always relationship focused. And that's fatal attraction and for my man. So the reason why we were interested in uh, evidence of innocence is because that kind of balanced out that women uh, in peril uh, dynamic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I said this on the panel where, where where we spoke together, is I also like to put medicine in the food. Mm-hmm. So the food, I look at the food as, you know, like like the For My Mans and Fable Attractions, that's pizza with pepperoni right. on it, you know, just <laughs> and grease oozing off of it, right? Mm-hmm. But then I can, I'm able to, because the audience is there, mm-hmm. I'm able to uh, to add something um, a little more substantive, which is the evidence of innocence. And, and quite frankly, you know, we've been pitched shows about um, uh, uh, men and women reentering um, society um, from prison who were wrongfully convicted. Um, I actually executive produced a show, you may not know this, back in, oh, years ago on BET um, called Vindicated. Right, I remember um, that. So mm-hmm. this, remember that? So it's not... So it's something that's always interested me personally, mm-hmm. but I think the reason why evidence of innocence takes a different spin and a turn is the attachment of Benjamin Crump's voice. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it, um, it gave it a, a gravitas, if you will, mm-hmm. and it also gave it um, some credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I found, in, and when you're hearing these stories about vindication, and, and um, exonerations and stuff like that, they can get redundant. They can get monotonous because, right. you know, most people are vindicated based upon DNA evidence. Right. And right. so that means the case was probably a black man was accused of raping a white woman. Mm-hmm. And it just, it is so overwhelming. It happened, it has happened so many times. And the stories get redundant and then you get the guy coming out of prison and it's like oh my gosh this is a new cell phone it becomes mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. redundant mm-hmm. and it's it's actually quite sad mm-hmm. and so but what i loved about evidence of innocence is that we have a woman right mm-hmm. um, uh, we we follow a woman we follow men mm-hmm. it's not just dna it's not rape kids mm-hmm. it's not um only uh uh being a misidentification by uh, by the witness or the victim, it really shows a total picture of what can go wrong, and for the audience to be able to see, but for the grace of God, there go I. That could have yeah. me. Miss Steed. Lawyer Steed. Yes. Now, yes. <laughs> when I was on the panel, you know, I just think I'm sitting next to just a original programming and production, senior VP, and I look at your bio, and I... Now, but also look at uh, when I did the Pan African uh, Film Festival. It's a great festival in Los Angeles. I I noticed you said you were from the had a law background. That transition. I am. Why I did am. you Why did you make that transition? Because I think it works well with what you're doing now. Please help people out. Absolutely. Because cause I was want to go on this show. I was want to talk about people who are afraid to make that leap, are afraid to make that change because they because of the uncertainty. But you went from a very successful platform to a pretty much a platform that does create a lot of uncertainty, entertainment. Right, right. That's, I never thought about it that way. But, yes, I did um, go to law school um, 
back in the uh, late 1900s. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. I, uh, I practiced law for a while at um, one of the largest law firms in Pittsburgh at the time, Reed Smith, Sean McClay, mm-hmm. um, which, is an interna- which is an international firm now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did not like it. It didn't feed my um, creative soul. Mm-hmm. So um, I left uh, the practice of law and I moved to Atlanta and started a uh, production company um, that was geared towards producing music videos because the music business was popping in Atlanta at that time. Right. And they didn't have the services necessarily to support the growth of, of the music industry. Right. Um, so I, I, I partnered with some other people, and uh, we started a film company, and that's how I ended up in um, <laughs> entertainment in this business. Now, a show that uh, that you guys launched this season was uncensored, which was like yes. uh, which was very current, but also from the from the talent's point of view, because uh, Unsung tells Absolutely. it from from a, from a, from an editorial point of view. Even though if the actors right. or if the talent's alive, they can't participate, but you really on uncensored. Why that? Well, how was that developed, and uh, why is it so successful on TV One? Uncensored. Well, I, you know, I think timing is everything. Timing mm-hmm. is everything. We've always wanted to do a companion piece to Unsung mm-hmm. that was a first-person autobiographical account of a person's life, mm-hmm. uh, and the timing just worked this year. Like we've been talking about it for a number of years. Um, it coincided with. Um, we have a new general manager that started in June, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she was she was committed to it. Um, she came up with the name Uncensored. She was like, "We need to do something in um, to to have a companion and a younger, hipper, uh, a, a different, slightly different format with the with the first person account of their lives." Um, and so it was like, "Yes, we love it." Matter of fact, we love it so much. We've been trying to get this on. So <laughs> it just. It, it it worked. It just absolutely worked. So well, the booking, um, the book, now you booked a, some fantastic, topical, relevant talent. You know, oh, that's yeah. the beauty of oh, yeah. Charlemagne, Nene yeah. Leakes. You know, yeah. Mia Long, Snoop yeah. Dogg, Tiffany Haddish. I had uh, Lila Anthony yeah. on the show. She looked like a a star. Nice. The production quality, yeah. the playback. You're a lot, it's, it's like it's like what I try to do on my show, Money Making Conversation, because a lot of people come on the mm-hmm. show with a lot of energy. Because they used to just getting on and getting off, and I tell them slow down. Right. Let me tell your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's happening exactly. with uncensored. You're allowing people to tell their stories, and I'm sure it's the same thing that happens with unsung. Once it airs, there's a nice little bounce. Yeah, it, people start calling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice little bounce. <laughs> At because, first, you know, we had a we had a difficult time casting. I know. So come on now. All you need is. You need one person to mm-hmm. say, okay, I'll do it, and I'll trust you. And that first person was Rick Ross, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rick, we shot Rick Ross, and we were able to use um, Rick Ross's uh, snippets of his interview to say, see, this is what we're trying to do. And the show, the production value was so great, mm-hmm. and his stories were so uh, – I mean, he's an he's a entertainer. He's a, uh, he, he's a communicator. You know, like rappers are communicators. So, so, so now, so now they like, story. I want to do our sister. I want, why, why you didn't call exactly. me? I want to do it. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Congratulations. Exactly. That's how it happens, right? And that's how it happens. <laughs> so I got to get to uh, Fatal Attraction and For My Man. Two staples. That's yeah. why I'm going on that Monday. That's what, but those shows, they, 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 they resonate with your audience. Tell us about it. Absolutely. And tell us the, because you told me on that panel, Sean, it's all about the numbers. 
if you don't deliver the numbers, <laughs> guess what? I, I like you, Rashawn, but that's what motivated me, team. When she gave me that speech, Rashawn, it's all about the numbers. I, I'm going to tell you something. She's a lawyer for real. Because she looked at me and went, it's all about the numbers, Rashawn. I went, really? I was like, it ain't about liking me. No, about the numbers. I went home. I said, we got to do some work here. We got we to gotta, we gotta put some promos together. And she'll tell you. It was like a, it was like a, a, a storm when I came back. Uh, can I get on the phone and talk to you it about was. how we're going to promote this thing? I got some ideas. I want to do some extra stuff. Whatever. Don't worry about the budget. And I'll bring it over to Rashawn. I let my, my staff will handle it. Because you let me know, you Rashawn. Sure it's about the numbers. And that's what Fatal Attraction and For My Man delivers on Monday. Tell us about it. Right. So, so fatal. Our, our Monday night um, crime block is one of our most successful nights mm-hmm. um, in throughout the entire week. And the good thing about Fatal and For My Man is that they also repeat well. Right. So you know this is a business of encores, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but there's so much competition out there that it's really hard and it's becoming increasingly difficult to sustain mm-hmm. an encore audience because as soon as someone watches it. And they, they, it comes on again. And it's like, oh, I've already seen that. They can, right. they can find something right. new because of the, you know, so much content out there these days. But, but I think the most important thing with um, evidence of innocence is just got to come out with a bang and That's then right. get the social media going. Because you know, we pay attention to all of that. Because you, know you, you know I'm on it. You know I'm on it. Come on now. I know. I know. The, I am we pay on attention it. to the ratings. We pay attention to what the, what people are talking about on social media. We pay attention to all of those things when well, we're reevaluating whether we should, um, uh, whether we should, yep. Keep the show on. June 4th is when Evidence of Innocence. Miss Steed, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being such a powerful representative of uh, TV One. And just about the brand. You know, I support you guys outside of Evidence of Innocence. Keep winning. And thank you for getting on this call today. Okay. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, The universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money making conversation with somebody that make money. (laughs) Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversations. As you can tell, this is a show for you. If you're a millennial out there hanging out, want to be an entrepreneur, this is a show for you. If you're an entertainer, and you want to figure out how to break into the business, talk to a guy who's been there, done that, work with some of the biggest stars that are working in the game today. Check out my resume. Google me, Rashawn McDonald. Right now, my next guest is a former Atlanta Falcons running back, and guess what? We're talking in Atlanta, Georgia. He's from Michigan State, one of my favorite schools up there in Michigan. I know it's cold. He is now the owner of Duckett Brothers Distributing and the Printing King. I mean, Printing King. Now, see, see, if you're going to name a company – Put a big name on it, Printing King. You're not printing uh, somebody, uh, printing one, or one print. He said, we are the Printing King. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. Y'all might know him as Todd Jeffrey Duckett. I call him by his uh, playing name, T.J. Duckett. How you doing there, T.J.? <laughs> What's happening, man? What's happening? What's happening? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, T.J., it's really interesting because of the fact that uh, 
you know, Todd Jeffrey, that, you know, you, you go, you're born with that name, you go through middle school, yeah. you go through high school, you get to college, and all of a sudden you become that brand. And all of a sudden yeah. you have to, but, you know, that brand can also limit opportunities. So yeah. tell us about when, you know, it was all great out there, you know, work done, Michael Vick, y'all over here just trampling <laughs> people at Falcon Stadium, doing y'all thing, you know, yeah. DVD, DVD, D, the big bruiser, 250 pounds, buzzing through the line. You need a you know, one-yard touchdown, give it to Ducky, give it to Ducky, give it to TJ. Then all of a sudden you go, okay, that don't work in the real world. TJ don't yeah. have that same uh, transition. How did it yeah. – how did you change? How did you how did you make that switch? And we're gonna uh, well, tell you tell part of your journey now. Yeah, well, well let's. Uh, I mean, the the journey got started in the beginning, man. So as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, having the dream to even just, I mean, a kid, how you, what you want to do when you grow up? Everybody raise their hand. Half of them want to sing. Mm-hmm. Other half want to <laughs> play a sport. Yes, so sir. I was on the want to play a sport side, mm-hmm. and and then to to have that that dream. And then to see uh, my brother, my old, my middle brother Tico, Tico. who's eleven years older than me, he mm-hmm. actually um, went to ended up getting a, a scholarship at Michigan State, became the second all time leading rusher at the school history, and kind of paved the way. So to see that dream even closer to home and the potential of it being more realistic, mm-hmm. I became I created that ad- identity. I mean, as an eight nine year old, I'm TJ Duckett, this football star. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm I'm just pretending this. I'm I'm visualizing this mm-hmm. as a kid. And throughout the years, you had checkpoints. You couldn't be an eight year old NFL player, but you could be the best kid at the park. And then mm-hmm. as you get older, you could be the best kid in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you keep going, rising up the ladder, but you always have that identity, and that identity is what keeps you there. And so TJ being the identity, and then as an 8-year-old kid, now you get your name called in the first round of the NFL draft. You walk into the locker room, you see your name on the NFL jersey. You got once-in-a-lifetime athletes as like a Michael Vick and Warwick Dunn as your teammates. I mean, these this you're at a different level. You've ascended through all the 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 clutter from the beginning and the trials, the tribulations. You figured out how to how to take success and manage it, and still still be hungry to to excel. And you're here, and in that space, you you're, you're playing your idols, your visiting dream stadiums that you only saw in video games. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know what I'm saying? You're using yourself on the video game. You go to the store and people want your In the barbershop. In the barbershop. Yeah, Come on, anywhere. DJ, in the barbershop. You, know? you go anywhere and people just love that presence, who you are, what you're about. And and they they've they've grown with you. They saw you as a college kid or a high school kid, and they've seen you make mistakes, and they've seen you win championships. And then you get to that pinnacle, that, that pinnacle, the top. And I mean, it's it's a job, <laughs> just like anything else. Mm-hmm. It's a job. Mm-hmm. You got to come to work every day. And uh, the difference is in this job. This job is more passion driven. Right. You got to love getting hit. Right. You got to love putting in the time. Right. You got to love everything about it. And if you love that, then you'll have success. You can't just show up to your job, hate it, pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. You'll get hurt. Right. You, you're, you'll let your teammates down. Right. I mean, that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So at the end of my, my football career, 
after playing for a few teams, being traded, getting into the, the politics of the business, and mm-hmm. and it it just took the love away. That mm-hmm. passion was gone, mm-hmm. and 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 that being when that passion left, this identity that I created as an eight year old that that just developed into this athlete. I mean. That's not the same. I mean, there's another guy wearing 45 <laughs> in Atlanta now. Yes, you know yes, yes, yes. So, so that's where it just you get you you get into that 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 I'm this, I'm that. You go into the world, and and then it's well, what are you? What are you about? What are your rules? What are your laws? What do you believe in your heart? And at the end of my career, man, I was questioning all of that. I had no idea, and I was just going through what normally either made me feel good or just going through a, a, a non-thinking process of, of self-identification, uh, and nothing that didn't identify with the world outside of me now, the inner world and the outer world, there was a conflict. So mm-hmm. I had to had to do something. I had to figure out what the next step's going to be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So with, with that being uh, said, with that being said, the next step, first of all, you know, he was the 18th pick in the draft. I, see, I don't want him to gloss over like he was at the bottom of the first <laughs> round. 18th pick. When you anyway, you go top 20, top, top 10 is where you 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 really want to go. Top yeah, 15, yeah. top 20. You number 18 pick. Now you went from Michigan, northern you know, Michigan up there. Then you come yeah. down to a city that's a predominantly strong African American based city, which is yeah. Atlanta, which is Atlanta. And then, but you guys changed the the African American presence at football games. And, yeah. And and why was that? You know, the African American community just gravitated. You had the Don, you had Warwick Dunn, which is strong in the community. You had this brilliantly talented, studly eight eight 18th pick of the draft. <laughs> Brews are coming yeah. out. And then you had the fleet of foot, the fastest quarterback in the history of the NFL and Michael Vick. Yeah. Why yeah. you guys were like a like a like a like rock stars. That's it. I mean I think that that's exactly what, what it was and um, you know, like you said, being from from uh, up north in Michigan and coming down to live in Atlanta, there was a culture that I even learned a lot about. And, <laughs> Dirty South, baby. Dirty you, South. Dirty man, South. Man, you know, it's just, it's, it was something that I just I didn't have a chance to really experience. Now. Until I started living there, right, mm-hmm. and and the the energy, the music, the mm-hmm. the flow is so it's so real, and, and it just touches your soul. Mm-hmm. And I think our game, our team, emulated the same thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the the fast, quick, it was the bruising, it was the excitement, it was the music, it was the DJs on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was everything. And and for for me, that was, I mean. Playing in Atlanta that first year, those first couple years there, that was the the dream as an eight year old kid. I mean, the, the, that we were winning games. I mean, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to get traded, our different cities are, and different teams have different cultures and different makeups. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's where I mean, some of the teams you can see how there was success, and others you can see how there wasn't success. Right. And it, but being in Atlanta, that was a, it was a special time, man. It was a special place and a special time. And the group of guys, the team, it was it was awesome. The city was awesome. Well, the city still is awesome. You still got. Major love. If you tell somebody T.J. Duckett, yeah. they're going to go, oh, oh, I know T.J. Duckett. And the birds are playing great, too, now, man. They, they're doing their thing, their you know, brotherhood. They, uh, uh, you now, know? Now, I, know they hurt you. I know they hurt you a couple of years ago. Like, they hurt everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. But they got there. You they know? got there. That's got the other there. thing. You know, other thing, like, you, you mentioned, you know, being the 18th pick overall. Mm-hmm. After, after I got done playing, 
there, I went through this depression where I was questioning even the success I had playing wow. football. Right. And then you think, like you sit back, like you were 18th overall in the whole world <laughs> yeah. out of every kid, every person in a, in a 10 or so age range. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were 18th. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's pretty phenomenal, and and then from there you made a team that a thirty thirty two teams in the league that everybody wants to play on, and you were able to do that for seven years. I mean, mm-hmm. those were feats that were phenomenal. Without getting caught up in, I didn't make a Super Bowl or I didn't do this, where you actually had the chance to do what you did and mm-hmm. you loved for mm-hmm. a long time. So. Mm-hmm. That's something that that got clouded too during the process. So that was a that was that was a part where you were trying to find your identity when you left football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so and what I do. What you what you what you do what you did and what you do now. Okay. Do you have value, or why would anybody yeah. want to recognize you for anything other than carrying a football? So yes, sir. So yes, sir. I noticed in the bio said that you wanted to build your brand under Todd and not TJ. Why? Yes, sir. So. um during this, during when when football season when football ended, I um, was doing a lot of questioning life and going through in and out of of dark spaces, highs, lows, mm-hmm. and um, I found myself in a very very low place that didn't resonate with with who I was raised to be and, mm-hmm. and what it was about. Mm-hmm. And and in that moment, that's when I I really jumped into religion. Well, you know the, the great thing about it. That's why you're absolutely right. That's why I created this show, Money Making Conversations, so people can hear these stories and also hear the background and the secrets to success. And you're willing yeah. to tell people, look, I went to a place that I wasn't happy, but it motivated yep. me to change physically, yep. mentally, and spiritually. And these changes yep. make me who I am today. Not so much that I can't forget my past, but also yep. the past was just a foundation. And yep. your like, there are people called mentors. Your biggest mentor just happened to be your oldest brother as an entrepreneur. Hey, there it is. Find there a relationship that you can believe in, ladies and gentlemen. Find a relationship yes, that, that you can depend on because you cannot be successful by yourself. Mr. Duckett, I want to thank you for coming on my show. I hope we're friends, man. Because, brother, oh, you know it, man. Thank we're you, friends, man. DJ. You. Come off that last scene. Michigan State, Kalamazoo, he doing it. <laughs> the big bruiser. Hey, man, you keep winning, brother. And know you got love, a friend man. in Rashawn love. McDonald. Much love.
Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.